Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. Visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Peter W. Wood, who's the author of Wrath, America Enraged. New book out. He also wrote uh, 1620, Response to the 1619 Project. And Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. It is October the 14th, and on this day in 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis began, bringing the United States and the Soviet Union to the brink of nuclear conflict. Photographs taken by high-altitude U-2 spy plane offered incontrovertible evidence that the Soviet-made medium-range missiles, missiles in Cuba capable of carrying nuclear warheads, were now stationed 90 miles off the American coastline. Tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union over Cuba had been steadily increasing since the failed April 1961 Bay of Pigs invasion, in which Cuban refugees, armed and trained by the United States, landed in Cuba and attempted to overthrow the government of Fidel Castro. Though the invasion did not succeed, Castro was convinced the United States would try again and set out to get more military assistance from the Soviet Union. During the next year, the number of Soviet advisors in Cuba rose to more than 20,000. Rumors began that uh, Russia was also moving missiles and strategic bombers onto the island. Russian uh, leader Nikita Khrushchev may have decided to so dramatically up the stakes of the Cold War for several reasons. He may have believed the United States was indeed going to invade Cuba and provide the weapons as a deterrent. Facing criticism at home from more hardline members of the Soviet Union communist hierarchy, and may have thought a tough stand might win him support. Khrushchev also had always resented the United States nuclear missiles were stationed near his Soviet Union, in Turkey, for example, and put missiles in Cuba right might have been his way of redressing the imbalance. Two days after the pictures were taken, after being developed and analyzed by intelligence officers, they were presented to the President of the United States, Robert F., uh, President uh, John F. Kennedy. During the next two weeks, the United States and the Soviet Union would become as close to nuclear war as they ever had, and a fearful world awaited the outcome. And, of course, we know the rest of the story. So, uh, ivermectin is a safe and proven treatment for a variety of ailments, including COVID-19. It's even earned the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015. The mainstream media continues to lie about the safety and effectiveness of treating COVID-19 with ivermectin. And the medical complex makes it hard to get a prescription. Would our government lie about success of a drug while mandating us to receive a vaccine only to take the drug in secret to combat a virus? Ivermectin works, and the America's top physicians know it successfully treats COVID-19. At the same time, our government condemns ivermectin <clears throat> and gets uh, caught using it as a treatment. Why would Congress members take ivermectin treat COVID-19 if it wasn't safe and effective. Hopefully some of these uh, members of Congress will speak to the benefits of treating their COVID-19 case with ivermectin. So far, three Alaskan GOP lawmakers have come out in support of ivermectin and treating COVID-19 for their residents. Two physicians, 
known for treating COVID-19 with ivermectin, have come out with statements saying that over 100 members of Congress were treated with the uh, drug. <coughs> Excuse me, please. The three Alaskan GOP lawmakers recently testified about ivermectin at a state pharmacy board meeting, hoping to improve Alaskans' access to the drug. Representative McCabe mentioned that pharmacists should allow doctors to actually be doctors and do their jobs. McCabe testified that he thinks the patient and the doctor should be the ones making the decision on uh, treatment. I asked my doctor about ivermectin, and he said, you know, it's uh, very difficult because pharmacies won't uh, fulfill the prescription, number one, but number two, it could affect, of all things, malpractice rates, insurance rates for doctors if they prescribe it. Can you believe it? It's true. The Chicago Police Union, has the chief there, called on officers to ignore the city's vaccine mandate set to take effect on Friday. In a video posted on YouTube, Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President John Katzara told officers, do not fill out the portal information. I've made my status very clear as far as the vaccine, but I don't believe the city has the authority to mandate that to anybody, let alone that information about your medical history, he said. The city's vaccine mandate will place officers who do not submit proof of vaccination by the deadline on a no-pay status. The police union is preparing a lawsuit against the city of Chicago. Of course, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot addressed speculations about police noncompliance with the vaccine mandate. And what will the city do if over 50% of the cops go to work and get sent home this week, a reporter asked. I don't expect that to happen, the mayor responded. And again, I'm going to be focused on the positive that all of our city employees do their duty and make sure they get vaccinated. I've been very clear, she added. The only way we can maximize safety in our workplace is to get people vaccinated. Well, I don't think it's her decision. I don't think it's the decision of the President of the United States. And I really salute uh, the head of the union for standing up against this mandate. And hopefully we'll have more business executives and union heads uh, take the same stance. I'm not saying we shouldn't get vaccinated. That's an individual decision between a, a patient and a doctor, as we suggested earlier. But it's none of the business of politicians. Elected politicians don't have the authority or even the interest in uh, mandating uh, these vaccines. Millions of retirees on Social Security will get a 5.9% boost in benefits for 2022, the biggest cost of living adjustment in 39 years following a burst of inflation as the economy struggles to shake off the drag of coronavirus. The COLA, cost of living index, as it's commonly called, amounts to $92 a month for the average retired worker, according to estimates released Wednesday by Social Security Administration. That marks an abrupt break from a long lull in inflation. The cost of living adjustments averaged just 1.65% a year over the last 10 years, with an increased uh, estimated average Social Security payment for a retired worker will be $1,657 a month next year. A typical uh, benefits would rise by $154 to $2,753 for a couple in Social Security. So that's the good news. It's going to go up for retirees, Social Security. Bad news, <clears throat> going to be offset by the cost of living, uh, groceries, fuel, and so forth, all offset. At least uh, the member receive, recipients of Social Security will get some benefit. Well, a federal judge on Wednesday found the director of the Department of Corrections at uh, Washington, D.C., and the warden of the city jail in contempt of court 
and called on the Justice Department to investigate whether the facility is violating the civil rights of dozens of January 6 detainees. And of course they are, and I'm so glad that a federal judge is stepping up. This is uh, Judge Royce C. Lamberth of Washington made the ruling after finding jail officials failed to return over information to approve wrist surgery recommended four months ago by a defendant in connection with the January 6 Capitol riot. The defendant had been identified as Christopher Worrell, a purported member of the Florida Proud Boys, charged with four felonies in connection with the incident, including rioting and spraying pepper gel at police. Lambert said to U.S. D.C. officials failed to return over medical records is more than just inept and bureaucratic jostling of papers, the Post reports. I find that the civil rights of the defendant have been abused, Lambert said. I don't know if it's because he's a January 6th defendant or not, but I find this matter should be referred to the Attorney General of the United States for civil rights investigation. <clears throat> Lambert also suggests the U.S. Marshals Service may have to, have to move to inmates from the D.C. jail to other detention facilities if they are receiving improper treatment. Conditions at the jail have, been, have for years been a concern. Another concern is how long judges will allow prosecutors to continue to ask defendants to waive their rights to a speedy trial nine months after the breach, according to the Post. They definitely are not uh, being treated. They're not giving their, uh, their rights, and uh, they should have a right to a speedy trial to uh, determine what the accusations are, and it's just not happening, and, the, and they're being treated very poorly. They're political prisoners can't believe that's happening in the United States, but it is. President Joe Biden warned private companies once they're not doing enough to help alleviate clogged ship traffic and port delays. We need major retailers who ordered the goods and the freight movers who take the goods from the ships to factories and to the stores to step it up as well, he said during a speech at the White House. Port delays continue as container ships are forced to wait for weeks to offload the cargo, frustrated by traffic and trucking and worker shortages. Biden announced that Los Angeles ports agreed to move to a 24-7 schedule of operations, which could speed up offloading capacity, even though a similar effort at Long Beach Port failed to attract more truckers available to ship goods. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union also requests significantly higher overtime pay for work done outside uh, the normal work hours. Of course, that's true, and the president warned that there's only a potential of his plan succeeding noting that his private companies are responsible for utilizing the private at extra hours and paying truckers and rail car companies to move the goods off the docks. <clears throat> if the private sector doesn't step up, we're going to have to call them out and ask them to act, he said. This is just amazing. This is just, I don't know if it's incompetence or just plain evil, but uh, Joe Biden knows full well he's got this mandate out right now, vaccine mandate. Some people aren't showing up for work. Truckers there's a shortage of truckers right now, certainly exacerbated by this whole uh, vaccine mandate. And uh, so he decides he's going to have 24-7 service at the Los Angeles port. Well, that's good, but there's no truckers to drive the materials away and the goods away. So it's going to be uh, a lot of expense for no benefit unless <clears throat> we get truckers, <clears throat> excuse me, truckers on the road. And hopefully uh, that'll happen soon. <clears throat> This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. 
The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Peter Wood, author of Wrath, America in Rage. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, well, we're a, a, a grassroots organization, a not-for-profit. Uh, we have over 110,000 people in our active support base and work with well over 100 groups across the state of Florida. Uh, we focus on K-12 education. Uh, that's expanding as rapidly as we can, school choice, and uh, stopping the indoctrination in the pornography. So. Yeah, doing a great job. I must say, uh, GoFLCA is the uh, website, and I hope you'll visit the website, make a contribution, too, because really the work that Keith and Pastor Rick and others are doing is just magnificent. Now, I understand you're up in uh, Tallahassee right now uh, working on the legislative agenda. Actually, we uh, went up on Monday, spent the last two days, and uh, uh, I got home about 
a little after midnight last night. So oh, oh. we've had two very productive days, Tuesday and Wednesday. We met with, uh, uh, we had scheduled meetings with uh, 24 representatives and senators. And uh, and then just being up there, we ended up uh, probably talking to, to well over 50 mm. of uh, the above. And so uh, what is your thrust? What, what are the conversations about? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, we have a legislative agenda that has eight points in it. Um, the, the first one is uh, an anti-critical race theory bill. Uh, Representative Fine out of Brevard County has filed a really good bill uh, based on uh, Oklahoma and Iowa law that we've been very supportive of. Um, and the good news is that the bill is uh, actually goes not just k to 12 but goes k to 20 so what it does is it will begin to deal with uh what these woke teachers and colleges are learning and then bringing into the k through 12. so we're excited about that bill uh joe gruders senator gruders has filed it in the the senate so it's got a comparable bill and uh you know it'll probably go through some amendments um it's a dicey subject but i think we've got a really good shot at at uh, getting a quality uh, bill on. Yeah, so theory. just so, taking a step back, Keith, I, I thought this was issue was handled by legislation that was passed last year. No, uh, not at all. Hmm. Uh, the governor jawboned it a bit, if you would, uh, in the spring after the session was over ah. by saying that he wouldn't allow it and, and he was going to... Uh, wackadoodle with anybody who used critical race theory in the schools but i mean at the end of the day that's not legislation you know i um, see <clears throat> thank you for your clarification i appreciate that yeah. <clears throat> so uh, uh, other things we work uh, we're working on uh, americans for prosperity is working on a true esa education savings account we're anxious to see the language but uh, the intent is uh, certainly something we support it's uh, uh, the money following the child. I uh, told a number of legislators this week, if uh, we were king for a day, mm-hmm. what would we do to to, uh, uh, to dramatically uh, alter the education pr- uh, process in the U.S. And, and in Florida? And it's pretty simple. Privatize all public schools and put an, e- uh, an education savings account where the money follows the kid and let the free market fix this. It would be messy, but it's the only way you're really going to deal with the unions and so get away what, from 100 years of the left-owning education. So uh, the money, would would it be coming out of the parents' pocket or out of the school system's pocket? No, the money would still still be coming. Uh, uh, it would be basically a tax credit in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be available to every student. <clears throat> um, so all students in Florida, including homeschool students. And um, my favorite version of it would be something like the Gardner Scholarship we have, which... A parent gets a $10,000 scholarship from the state, but they create their own IEP for their child. So it's going to be a combination of homeschooling, public school. My favorite example in that uh, process is if your child learns best in an equestrian program or a music program, you know, you design the IEP, individual education uh, program for your child. And and you get $10,000 a year. If you don't spend it, it, it carries over into a savings account. And at the end of uh, your, your child f- finishing 12th grade, or I think it's hitting age 22, uh, because right now it's for disabled students, you have that money uh, there to use for higher education. Wow. So it, 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 the, the, the challenge is figuring out a way uh, to fund that 
um, because we don't have a uh, an income tax in Florida. Uh, but um, the con- the concept is. Let the money follow the child. And let the free market fix the problem. Absolutely. And, of course, this is going to put uh, uh, school unions, teachers unions, and uh, these uh, cabals, <clears throat> the <clears throat> monopolies the, for public education kind of on their heels because parents are going to walk with their feet. I mean, they're going to, they're going to uh, with their wallets as well, they're going to make decisions. Yeah. What's going to be Isn't best. that a shame? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that is fantastic news, Keith. Really. Yeah. Um, other things we're working on, uh, last year we filed a harmful for minors bill. We've just um, almost completed it. It's in, still in draft form, but we've updated our pornography report on 58 novels. Uh, we did public records request to all 67 counties. So far, about 53 have responded. Uh, we sued Broward County when they refused to provi- uh, provide the information, and two weeks later they capitulated. So... Uh, what we're doing with this porn report, uh, it's 58 novels that we're finding throughout Florida schools. And we're, our focus is twofold, to help parents understand really what's going on in the schools and be alert to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also working with the legislature, hope to work with the legislature to get a bill to put some uh, teeth and accountability into uh, Florida's uh, obscenity laws for minors. So uh, I think, um, fingers crossed, I think we got agreement at a, at a high level for a really quality sponsor in the house uh, now we got to get it one in the senate so this is uh, all good news keith i tell you it's uh, i wish we could take more time but we we'll certainly can pick this conversation up next week and talk about the other uh six points uh, the initiatives yep. uh, that you have but again uh the florida citizens alliance i just encourage uh, our listeners to support the florida citizens alliance because they do great work for improving the quality of public education in can i mention uh, one last thing sure uh, we have a, an event tonight at the Silver Spot Theater, Chris Ann Hall, who's a constitutional attorney. <clears throat> He's going to be presenting. Uh, we're actually having kind of a meet and greet at 530 with uh, light hors d'oeuvres and, and a cash bar. But at 6 o'clock, um, she's going to uh, be on the ticket. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's uh, it, it's really is a fascinating event. It's focused on um, uh, the, the U.S. Constitution and uh and we really encourage people. You can do walk-ins, um, and we encourage people to uh, to show. It's only fifteen bucks. So okay, and that's a silver Come spot. Join us. Silver spot this evening. And what's the time? <clears throat> uh, the doors open for five thirty. The actual event starts at six, but there's going to be a meet and greet with some appetizers for people. Right. Um, starting at 530. Sounds like a great event. Again, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Census Alliance. GoFLCA.com is the website. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Peter Wood, author of Wrath, That and More, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar 
the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Uh, tried to call uh, Professor Wood. He wasn't available, so we're going to move on with the show. We have a lot to talk about. A Moody's report revealed supply chain disruptions will continue to increase across costs for consumers before the crisis will resolve itself, perhaps in 2023. Uh, Moody's analytics warned the business community on Monday supply chain disruptions will get worse before they get better as the global economic recovery continues to gather steam. What is increasingly apparent is how it will be stymied by supply chain disruptions that are now showing up at every corner. Moody's also said the shortage of truck drivers could be the weakest link in the supply chain, causing ports to remain full, which uh, delays ships scheduled to pick up the freight in Asia and return to America. Moody also wrote, because deliveries are not made in time, costs and prices will rise, and GDP growth worldwide will not be as robust as a result. This presents a serious challenge to harmonizing the rules and regulations by which transport workers move in out of ports and hubs around the world. The CEO of Freight Right Global Logistics, Robert Kachnerian, uh, confirmed it to uh, the news outlet on Tuesday that transit time from Asia has become greater by four to six weeks due to port delays that are mainly a function of truck drivers not picking up freight at the port. Meanwhile, a Harris-Biden administration official on Tuesday blamed the private sector for the supply chain crisis. The supply chain is essentially in the hands of the private sector, so we need the private sector to step up to help solve these problems. Can you believe that? They create a problem. <clears throat> How do they do that? They mandate uh, vaccine, the uh, coronavirus vaccine for all employees. Some people are very hesitant 
A lot of hesitant people and concerned about the fact that it has not been officially approved. It's on an emergency use basis. And also stories that circulate about the harm that's being done to many people as a result of taking the vaccine. So people are hesitant. There's also religious objections, a number of objections to taking the vaccine. Well, of course, this hurts the number of people who, for example, are willing to drive trucks. So the consequence is the president has gone to the trouble of creating a 24-7 service at the uh, Los Angeles port. <laughs> Unload, unloading stuff is not going to help if trucks aren't available to drive the stuff off. So again, again, this administration creating problems and then brought, blaming the private sector for a lack of solutions. Critics say the truck driver's shortage is due to unemployment money that has been kept, kept drivers away from returning to work. Many drivers are making more money in Democrat-controlled states from government checks that they would be working and the Biden-Harris administration has admitted as much on Tuesday in the New York Times. Administration officials acknowledge on Tuesday in a uh, call with reporters that $1.9 trillion economic aid package Mr. Biden signed into law in March has contributed to a supply chain issue by boosting demand for goods, the paper wrote. Nevertheless, President Joe Biden will announce Wednesday the Port of Los Angeles should remain open 24-7 to increase companies' ability to move freight from the ports. But as the Financial Times reported out, Port of Long Beach in California has taken steps to operate on a 24-7 schedule about three weeks ago. It's unclear how ports have been open longer hours will help trucking companies move their freight faster without employees. Well, that certainly makes sense. So again, the president creating problems, this administration creating problems, and then accusing the, law, the private sector for uh, getting in the way and not solving the problem. I think what they'd like to do is to take over all, all these businesses and run them through the government, which would be a total disaster. In another problem of a similar situation, the White House has been speaking with oil and gas producers in the United States in recent days about helping to bring down fuel costs, according to two sources. Energy costs are rising worldwide, in some cases leading to shortages in major economies like China and India. In the United States, the average retail cost of a gallon of gas is at a seven-year high, with winter fuel costs are expected to surge, according to the U.S. Energy Department. Oil and gas production remains below the nation's peak, reached in 2019. The talks with energy companies touched on several issues, including prices, according to the third person familiar with the discussions. The administration has been in discussions with the oil industry over limiting methane emissions in recent months. We are closely monitoring the, oil of, the cost of oil and the cost of gas Americans are paying at the pump. And we are using every tool at our disposal to address anti-competitive practices in the United States and the global energy markets to ensure reliable and stable energy markets, a White House official said. I'm not kidding, really said that. So they really actually asserted that in the fact that they've closed down the, the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, they've shut down oil fields in Alaska. Uh, they're doing everything they can to discourage oil production here in the United States. We used to be energy independent just 10 months ago. But now he's saying that uh, it's the U.S. companies and energy suppliers that are not doing the job. U.S. Uh, crude oil recently hit $80 a barrel for the first time in seven years as the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Companies, OPEC, and their allies showed as uh, to restore Known as to restrict output, the White House has discussed rising prices with top OPEC producer Saudi Arabia in a recent week. The average retail price of a gallon of gasoline has risen to $3.29. The 
The U.S. Energy Department says that on Wednesday that the household heating costs are expected to rise dramatically this winter for all fuels, but particularly for heating oil and propane. The U.S. production has been slow to rebound from 2020, with output dropped during the coronavirus outbreak. Production has hit a record of nearly 13 million gallons per day in 2019, but the U.S. Energy Department said Wednesday that output will only average 11 million <coughs> gallons in 2021, rising to 11.7 perhaps in 2022. So natural gas prices are up sharply this year, the result of supply shortages and stronger than expected demand in Europe and Asia. U.S. shale producers, who are responsible for the boom in crude oil in the last 10 years, have been less willing to drill for more oil after years of weak financial performance and have instead focused on cutting spending to boost returns for investors. It could take six months to drill and complete a new well bring the oil to gas to market, any call by the White House uh, for an increase in U.S. production is likely to fall on deaf ears, according to an oil executive. By pursuing policies that restrict supply and make it harder to produce oil and natural gas here in America, Americans will have to pay more for energy, said Ann Bradbury, chief executive officer at the American Exploration and Production Council, with lobbies for, which all lobbies for independent oil and gas producers. The Biden administration has been conducting internal discussions about rising fuel costs, one of the two sources added. Now, this is political suicide now for the Biden administration. Let's face it, when people have to reach in their pocket and pay an extra buck or more for gasoline, who are they going to blame? They're going to blame the administration. Of course, the administration is pointing fingers at the uh, private uh, sector. So sad. So sad indeed. We have to... uh, Make some changes, and hopefully they will occur soon. I hope we can make it to 2022. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich 
classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. Perfect product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.optimaed.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app at the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and that's a uh, Martian concept in 2021. It is uh, difficult indeed. The market is growing, though. We can look at it that way. <laughs> what the, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Mine is. Yeah. Yes. So, I, I love how we're $130 trillion short at the federal level, and I turn on CNBC every morning, and they're, ooh, the stock market's four futures are up half a percent. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, of course, uh, this whole uh, people are going to get richer. The people that have assets are going to get richer as a result of all this inflation. Anyhow, it's just very sad what's happening. It's a very to the, closed circle. Yeah. The government prints money and hands it to big banks on Wall Street. Right. And then uh, and, the, the inflation kills the little guy for sure. Yes. And, yeah, yeah they, they love how, you know, if there's going to be a lot of extra money, the big banks figure, well, it's, it's great that we have an increasing percentage of it, which is what's happening. Exactly. So you wrote a piece that's called The Latest Round of Global Climate Lie Pledges from an International Polluters. Kind of interesting. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, you watch this all the time. You know, we, we, have, we now have, of course, a, a, a moron in the White House who believes this climate, this man-made climate change nonsense. And he's got his climate envoy, John Kerry, who, you know, he, he, you, know how the, you know the old saying, A-level intellects hire other A's and B's hire C's and D's? Yeah. Well, this is the F administration. Yeah. And, and... Carries running around the planet, securing pledges from different countries, thirty different countries. We're we promise to reduce our methane levels. Well, they've made climate promises over and over and over again before, and never ever done anything. Let not even forget meeting the the, the goals of the pledges. They've done nothing to address the allegedly problematic behavior. Yeah, and this is um, this the, is about the methane. The climate accord is the greatest example. It's why Trump pulled out. Yeah. Uh, prior to COVID, prior to COVID, <laughs> our now first of all, carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Right. The Supreme Court says it is, which means that's how you know it's not. Um, <laughs> carbon dioxide is what every tree breathes. Everything green. It's a perfect. It's God's perfect reciprocity. We exhale carbon dioxide, plants inhale it, plants exhale oxygen, we inhale it. It's a beautiful thing. It is. Anyway, we've now classified carbon dioxide as a pollutant, carbon pollution, and ours actually went down. Our output went down prior to, while our economy was booming, prior to the COVID lockdowns. 
every other major country, China, you know, the, the big three are China, India, and Russia. Theirs all went up dramatically. They're still bringing online coal-fired power plants, which I don't blame them for. I'm just saying they're doing it, which, which contradicts their climate pledges. Um, and so all of these things, you know, they're, they're always late in agreeing to. You know, they, get, they get a deadline for agreeing to these pledges. They almost always miss them. They finally agree to them and then never, never do anything about them. And these methane promises are just the latest. Uh, you know, that's why, again, that's why Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accords. He goes, no one's doing, no one's adhering to this except us, so we're out of here. So my, my point is, Biden is going to cripple our domestic economy with these climate change garbage regulations and taxes and talking about a carbon tax and, and all this stuff. And we're on a global stage competing with countries that are doing nothing of the sort. Absolutely. And this is just, it's, it's national suicide, and we're apparently the only nation willing to engage in that activity. And so what I've been, you know, I, right now, as far as I know, I'm the only non-Democrat proposing, agreeing with this or proposing this. We need a tariff on stuff from countries that aren't, aren't doing things that they say they're going to do with regard to climate. Not because I buy into the climate crap. Yeah. But because that's a that's a huge subsidy, for lack of a better word, for their for their domestic companies. Yeah, what an interesting. If they place. can use coal power, that's a hell of a lot cheaper and a lot more efficient than us using wind and solar. So the stuff they send is going to be dramatically cheaper than than our domestic than the stuff our domestic companies are making. Not because they they're not more efficient but precisely because they're less efficient because of our stupid government policies. So to even things out, we need to tear up at the border on these countries that continue to violate their own pledges. Not that I care about the pledges. I care about our domestic companies getting the short end of the stick from our government and every government on the planet. Well, I think that's a great idea. Unfortunately, we're going about the process of trying to destroy uh, ourselves internally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's what's happening with wanting to increase the uh, corporate taxes, wanting to increase uh, uh, this whole agenda is going to destroy the productive America that we know. I, I went back and found a piece I wrote in August 2020, <laughs> Biden's Build Back Never. And that was the title. Yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, that's what we're seeing. We're not... We're crushing every aspect of our economy. And I love the fact, for just as one, the latest stupid example, ports don't have enough staff to keep normal hours. Biden's solution? Keep them open 24-7. Yeah. And in the they don't have enough staff for the hours they're working now. I know. And the, and Moron. The problem. God, I mean, it's just, <clears throat> this is somebody who's never had a real job. And it shows in yeah. everything he's doing. Right. Well, he doesn't. He, he, certainly, there's no logic there. I, the problem, of course, is the lack of truckers. If we had enough truckers carrying away the goods and service, that we would dock the ships and be able to unload yeah. them. Well, that's true too. And again, what's what, what's Biden going to do? We're going to run trucks twenty four seven. Well, he would say that, not realizing that they already do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there are many, many overnight truckers. You know, long haul truckers drive at night because there's less traffic. Right. I mean, this guy doesn't know anything about anything, and he's trying to run everything. Yeah. Unfortunately, and these these uh, mandates, these vaccine mandates are going to destroy the economy. I saw... Oh, 
you know, and and the, you know, this is another lie that the media the, and and the Democrats combined, pardon the redundancy, are telling, which is, oh my God, the hospitals are overrun because of COVID. No, they're not. They're yeah. overrun because they're down forty percent of their staff because they won't get the vaccine. You know, my question. And they fired everybody that wouldn't get the vaccine. Uh, my question. That's why they're overrun. Yeah, why? Well, my no question. Increase in patients. There's a decrease in in healthcare employees. Absolutely. There's a. My question is why we have healthcare employees who probably know as much or more about anything uh, in terms of right. that. Why? Why do forty percent of them not want to get vaccinated? Right. And of course, these are the same people we were lauding. A, you know, a year ago, be vaccine for working these incredibly long hours, twenty four seven. Biden, um, without any vaccine, you know, just with with normal healthcare precautions that they do for nine million different diseases, and 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 of course, it's also stupid because we just found out that hundreds of thousands of people in the last two months crossed the border, and Biden released them into the country. Yeah. Well, and I, I guarantee you, there were a grand total of zero COVID tests on the you know when they were issued their illegal passport into the country. Absolutely. Well, as as uh, President Barack Obama said at one time, he said, uh, "Never underestimate the pa- the ability of Joe Biden to f things up," and he certainly has done That's that. Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Again, see, Motley, the founder, he would know. Yeah, he would know. Uh, uh, check out lessgovernment.org is the website. Lessgovernment.org. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, you know what? I'm going to try and get uh, Peter Wood back on the road, on, online. Uh, we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also the author of a terrific newsletter she puts out periodically. It's called Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Last minute substitution. Yeah, well, that's, it's been kind of a crazy morning. That's what I like. I like doing the show uh, live because anything can happen and it often does. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an interesting day. So uh, we watched yesterday uh, President Biden give his speech Plugs. on... Yeah, we listened to him talk about his plan to solve the problem with the chain of uh, supply ch- supply chain. It's basically to uh, operate this port of Los Angeles twenty four seven. He didn't talk to the unions about it much, though. No, he didn't. And, and here's the issue: I mean, the trucks are all there are no trucks to take the stuff away, so they can work and work and work and get overtime for uh, unloading the docks. Uh, unloading the ships, but unfortunately, there's nobody to take the take the uh, the goods away. You know what he's got? Biden has so many crises, 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 um, in every corner of his life right now. He doesn't know which way to turn. And and um, Jack Persobic, the guy I follow on, uh, used to follow on Twitter, now on on uh, Getter and whatever. He's uh, with HumanEvents.com. He says he's got an inside scoop into the White House, and he says the White House is in turmoil. They are scrambling because they can't get ahead of any of this. Mm. It's it's just it's just bizarre. Just think about it. I mean, right now he's got this mass this uh, vaccine mandate going on and we're seeing a precipitous drop in the number of cases that here in Florida, I suppose is happening across the nation. So uh, it's creating even more resistance probably to the whole notion of getting vaccinated. Uh, people don't want to get vaccinated. It's leading to people being late. There's 4.2 million people who quit work last 4. month. 3. 4.3 million people quit work last month. Are you kidding me? And this, I would say, is probably most driven by uh, the vaccine mandate. Meanwhile, meanwhile, let's just say this. Last week, uh, if you remember, Biden was out there cheering, saying, oh, well, all these people, remember what, after the jobs report came out that was so horrible? And he says, well, look at the bigger picture. We're getting people vaccinated. But People are people are getting fired and quitting like it was a badge of honor for him. All right, we were talking with Seton Modley earlier in the show, and uh, last year we were uh, really applauding healthcare workers for being in there in the fight and the fray and taking care of people in spite of COVID nineteen. And now we're firing them. <laughs> Let's see how much sense does this make? Oh, by the way, you're you're touting um, how serious this global pandemic is. Yet you're allowing health, you're firing healthcare workers. Yeah, and bringing people across the border who uh, have, I heard 20% of them have some sort of infection, Something. including COVID 19, uh, tuberculosis, uh, all kinds of things. And of course, they're bringing it right into the country. And as you pointed out, uh, there's about 75 folks just dropped off. We suspect they're Haitians. They, uh, Sheriff's Department here in Cuyahoga County knew about it, but dropped them off at 111 and... Which is Immokalee and 41. Immokalee and 41, just dropped them off right there and... uh, And sped off in an unmarked bus. And so now, and there's been reports of people uh, roaming, Haitians probably, roaming around the community, uh, doing what we have no idea. But this is, uh, again, just the product, the fruits of Joe Biden's labor in his administration. 
Well, you know, I, like I told you off air, I, I think I, I firmly believe um, they're trying to crash the economy. I, I really do. I mean, they're, they're, they're making gas so high that people are going to want to say, oh, well, maybe we should get an electric car. We won't have to, we won't have to uh, pay for all this gas. Everything is just so high in, with inflation. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of a, because, you know, you have to plug these cars in, and to plug the cars in, they need energy. Wait, that makes sense. It does? Well, yeah, of course. That makes sense. But the the, the Biden administration hasn't thought that Oh, far. okay, okay. So You see what I mean? Yeah, I do understand what you're saying. But the, the point is that these cars are going to need energy. And the energy comes from the same sources as, uh, well, comes from gas. or comes from wherever the electricity is going to come from for the people that are producing it. So uh, it's just a big mess. He's created so many messes in 10 months. It's just unbelievable the problems that he's He is a total disaster. And and uh, he won't take questions. No, nope. the media is not holding him accountable. He won't take responsibility. Nope. How about this Afghanistan thing? I mean, again, we're not talking about it. You don't hear about it on the news. But how many? There's probably a thousand Americans who've been left stranded in Afghanistan with uh, no protection. Are you kidding me? We never do this to Americans. Uh, it's you know what? It's all it's 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 blowing up in their faces because because thanks to people like Steve Bannon and. Tucker Carlson and people who are actually telling the truth out there, speaking truth to power. Um, and and by the way, you and I both commented yesterday when we watched Bannon's show, which was live yesterday in in um, Richmond, Virginia. And he's they're going to go all around the country doing live shows. But could you believe the crowd that he? I know there's thousands of people. There. I know it was so great. The posse, the war room posse. Hey, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, I, I haven't had time yet, on the, and this gives us a great opportunity. Is this father claiming in Loudoun County, the school district, that his uh, his daughter was raped in a uh, Stonebridge High School by a boy wearing a skirt? He goes to a school board meeting. Uh, he complains. He begins his, uh, to complain and. He is thrown to the ground by police officers. He's labeled a domestic terrorist. Can you make this stuff up? He's labeled a domestic terrorist? It's unbelievable. Well, you know, again, thank goodness for people who, uh, who will actually report on this. And Laura Ingram had that father on her show oh, she did. the other night. And um, I didn't stay up to watch it, but I watched the clips on, on Telegram. <clears throat> and, and he's just like, he's outraged. Finally, this, this um, young man, who he's, he not only raped this guy's daughter, he went on to another school and raped somebody else. Meanwhile, the school board um, denied everything. They covered it up. Yeah, unbelievable. Why aren't the police officers dragging them off in handcuffs? Why isn't the uh, Merrick Garland, our attorney general, uh, doing a re doing a uh, investigation into what's happening in school boards and what's uh, the the use of critical race theory, rapes in bathrooms, and you go you go through the list. It's unbelievable. He, parents' rights, I mean, people should be looking after parents' rights. Is he not a feckless wonder, though? He is a America, Garland, thank the good Lord he's not on the Supreme Court. Oh, that is so true. He was close. And by the way, his daughter is married to some guy who's promoting critical race theory. He owns a publication company. What's it called? I've forgotten. But you know what I'm talking about. I do. And uh, he, so he's he's making money off of critical race theory. Do you think there's a conflict of interest there oh, for Merrick Garland? Well, now, you want to go s just flip over real quick to Hunter Biden? Yeah. I just watched Laura Trump on um, Fox this morning. They were talking about Hunter Biden and, and all the, all the, he's just eyeball deep into 
corruption. He is. In fact, that was all pointed out. Uh, Bobolinsky was his name. Uh, interview on Tucker Carlson's show, I believe. Tony but went, went through, uh, just There was a news release, and of course, he, he was all censored by the mainstream media as well as the social media. So the word didn't get out. People are now finding out what the atrocities that this Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, by the way. They shared a bank account. Yeah. Checking account. Plausible deniability was what Bobolinsky said that the, that the president could uh, have plausible deniability if, in fact, he was accused of any of the crimes that were being committed by Hunter Biden and where uh, Biden himself, President Biden, was sharing in the profits. So, meanwhile, you know, during while the Trumpster was in office, um, they were accusing him of anything, anything, and everything, including all of his children. Yeah. And they're still investigating Trump. And meanwhile, they won't even, I mean, Jen Psaki won't even talk about it at the White House press briefings. Oh, well, it's, you know, about Hunter Biden's paintings. Well, it's up to the, the gallery owner. Meanwhile, the gallery owner that, that uh, Hunter Biden is, is displaying his artwork at took, I don't, I don't know how much money, hundreds of thousands of dollars prob- uh, in, uh, in, uh, What's the what's the money for the for the pandemic? Oh, in the uh, so he got relief from the pandemic, like a half a million bucks. Wow! I mean, every there is so much corruption. You can't. We could sit here all morning long and name it. We couldn't even we couldn't even cover it all. Well, you know, certainly in the role that I have and uh, making sure that our listeners have a good insight into what's happening, not just the mainstream media news, but all the news. There's lots going on and a lot to report on and. Uh, just really appreciate your contribution here to the show. Well, I just would encourage everybody and anybody, um, just because I'm I'm addicted to uh, Bannon's War Room, uh, go to warroom.org, go to Rumble, go, look up Steve Bannon's War Room, listen to him, because he's got tomorrow's news today. And he, he is just absolutely, um, he's got over 100 million downloads of his podcast, and, and millions, millions, millions of people worldwide are listening to it. And, and it's just growing. So to your point, when we first started, um, are people waking up? Yes, they're waking up. Yeah, I think they are indeed. I'd really appreciate your comment here in the show. Thanks for filling in. It's my pleasure. I appreciate it so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I had fun. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. Uh, Michael is a uh, director of health study policy studies at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Dave Beagle, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Peter Bierness is the uh, executive director of the Naples, Marco Island, Everglades Convention and Visitors Bureau, so we'll find out about tourism here on the Paradise Coast. And Dr. Kathleen Brown will be visiting us with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.